Welcome to this addendum episode of Chronicle. This is a tag-on episode to Season 3, which covered folk horror in British cinema. And we did a nine-episode series looking at essentially three ages of folk horror that essentially shaped a ton of where the country's cinema went, had an enduring effect on how other countries perceived horror cinema out with the quote-unquote hammer horror that the UK was almost pigeonholed, sadly, with. And on top of that, how the kind of rebirth or resurgence of that genre has spurred on into new filmmakers making incredibly dark and sinister cinema. On this addendum episode, we will essentially cover a few titles that didn't make my list of nine that we covered for whatever reason, uh, mostly because it didn't fit into specific groupings that I had planned, and to kind of build on a list of movies that you might want to check out, kind of post-listening to this season. So strap yourselves and get yourself ready, because we are going to count down some movies you may want to be watching if you dug the nine before. Hi everyone, I'm Duncan McLeish, and you're listening to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition, T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, lift off. Hi everyone and welcome. So yeah, like I said in the intro up front, this is a slight addendum. Never done one of these before for Chronicle, where we kind of catch up post the season concluding and talk about movies that didn't quite make the list. Now this won't be a particularly long episode, so you don't need to worry about it. It will be in the grand tradition of Chronicle, roughly about the 20 minute mark or less. But we're going to count down some movies that didn't make the list that are worthy of consideration. Now, granted, a lot of these movies aren't necessarily the most readily available, and that's one of the reasons they didn't make the final list but also when starting out the process for Chronicle specifically in season 3 which was going to be longer in length than the, the previous ones that we we have carried out I wanted to do a, a kind of chaptered look at folk horror cinema kind of grouping the, the big three so to speak um, and then their effect just a little bit beyond and then the massive gap there was in between the heights the lofty heights of the subgenre and it's kind of resurgence off the back of people like Ben Wheatley. Now what was interesting about this one is there is actually a load of titles from in and around the kind of early to mid 70s that are worth your time checking out for sure. The big thing that's probably of most interest to where I stand on them is the fact that a lot of them come in TV form and uh, like TV shows themselves are are, are quite interesting in terms of atmosphere. British TV in the 70s is very bizarre, like and that's an understatement. They really kind of double down on like the weirdness of small villages and 
you know, your neighbours' interactions and potentially uh, some contentious religious aspects. Uh, I remember growing up with a TV show called Tales of the Unexpected that used to play very late on kind of terrestrial TV and being not the greatest sleeper, even in my youth, this would be one of the things that would go on and the theme music used to haunt me is this weird kind of bizarre almost fairground carousel-esque music that just, you know, put your nerves on end straight away. And it was a TV show based on kind of short stories and short works by Roald Dahl, but more into the kind of horror category. And they were very disturbing in parts and just very unsettling. And I always got kind of infused in my brain. But if you're watching something like The Stone Tapes... um, from like the, what was, that's late 60s, early 70s as well, you get an idea that just things are not quite on the straight and narrow when it comes to British TV. And as a result of that, you get some incredible stuff. So I never really delved into the TV aspect, which I probably could have if I'd wanted to, and we would have had some amazing titles in there. So uh, some of the titles didn't make it, and this one is not necessarily all that easy to get your hands on, but if you search for it, you will find it. Uh, It's a little movie from 1970 called Robin Redbreast. Uh, Robin Redbreast was directed by James McTaggart, and um, let's, let's read you a little bit of what the movie's about, and you tell me if this sounds like it would have fit in snugly amongst some folk horror titles. But you have uh, Nora Palmer, who is uh, moving to a small village remotely out in the country um, because she has kind of broke up with her boyfriend and she's actually just got pregnant as well um, by a a kind of handyman um, known as Rob locally. Uh, she's out living in this new village and she's starting to move towards like Easter time and she can't get to the village because someone has you know essentially sabotaged her car uh, cut the phone lines and her brain starts to to play kind of tricks on her and she believes that she might be wicker man-esque being set up as some sort of sacrifice for the village um so yeah uh, it's Uh, I mean it links in with some of the iconography that you get with this sort of cinema specifically the idea of the Robin Redbreast being a kind of paganesque symbol associated with the town and there's some real good tension in this movie like really bizarre once again though kind of slightly off to the side tension that works really 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 well I think personally it, it makes for a very interesting little watch uh, and one that you should check out for sure if you get a chance um, and you can find it it's it's, it's kind of brilliant um, another one that you should be kind of keeping an eye on and it's maybe less considered a folk horror movie although it does tick some of the temples when it comes to occultism magic magical sites um, and people being out with their depths, but on a more international level, uh, The Devil Rides Out, which is my favourite uh, Hammer Horror movie of all time. Uh, Christopher Lee um, essentially is this aristocratic man that knows a lot about magic, and his American friend has been 
seduced by the dark side, so to speak, and he has to try and save him. Uh, he tackles on Charles Grey, uh, who's in charge of that cover. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, like, it's just one of those pure joys of cinema. But, I mean, there's a lot of remote settings here. There is some great devil symbol uh, kind of symbolism. Um, and it, it definitely fits some of the characteristics of folk horror cinema without necessarily being overtly all about them. Uh, Hammer also, if we're talking about Hammer, they did The Witches in 1966, um, where you've got uh, Joan Fontaine, uh, who is, um, you know, she, she is trying to be indoctrinated into a, a school in Africa, which is, I think she finds out it's voodoo if memory serves. It's been a while since I watched this one. Um, and she skips back to the UK only to be seduced by a coven of witches there as well. So um, it's, it's one that's worth checking out as well. Slightly older. There's plenty of releases of that though. Like with most of these Hammer releases, there are tons out there to get your hands on. Um, you'd also try something like Night of the Eagle uh, from 1962, um, which is based on the novel by Fritz Lieber. Uh, and Richard Matheson did the screenplay, so he of I Am Legend theme, um, he, he did that one. And it's a, a psychology lecturer um, who, you know, is married to a, a woman who's very superstitious. Um, and, well, in fact, more than superstitious, she believes in magic. And, you know, him being of rational mind... Uh, decides that what he's going to do is all these little trinkets that she's been putting about the house for years um, superstitiously he's going to get rid of them because she claims they're protecting them and he doesn't believe in anything like that because he's rational, remember? Rational. Uh, he believes in science and um, yeah, as soon as he does that uh, bad things start happening in the form of black magic attacks from um, a woman who essentially is very jealous of his wife um, it's brilliant. Once again, I don't know the availability, how easy it is to get your hands on something like that movie now. I've never seen it like on a DVD or Blu-ray. I remember seeing it years ago as well. I want to see it on TV. Um, so it's worth checking out. Then you can go a bit more tradish if you wanted to. We almost put this in, Village of the Damned, um, which you know was remade in the 90s by John Carpenter. Um, but it's kind of more on the side kind of science fiction level but small town being taken over by aliens um, but the the way it kind of leans into once again the idea of you're out with your depth uh, things are kind of different different beliefs different you know a, a different town um, all those elements are at the core of a lot of what we discuss so it's it's another one worth checking out for sure it's a ton of fun it really 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 is Um if we're continuing on, uh, once again, the 70s, where, to be honest, most of these titles, it wasn't really necessarily the later titles that caught my attention. It was mostly the movies in the 60s and 70s at the heyday, you know, all these movies that are leading towards the movement. Um, you could do Ants in the Darkness from 1970, um, which, to be honest, is a really, really, really fun little movie that owes a lot more to kind of giallo and I know for those that know what I'm like they're like oh Duncan's mentioned giallo it really does have a giallo-esque quality about it um, you know we have a essentially 
two English tourists um, and they're on a kind of cycling trip and one of them disappears and the other one is trying to find out what happened to her but in the terms of how this movie is actually shot the you know the the rural setting the the scenery itself becomes part of the ominous, ominous nature of the mystery. It's a it's a really good movie. Once again, don't think it's ever actually been properly released, and I kind of wish it would be. If you know what I mean, it's one of those ones where I have a very strong memory of what that movie was about, and I've just never. You know, I've never seen it released since and, you know, you would like to think one day uh, it'll get a proper release out there. Uh, we've also talked most recently about, you know, some of the later movies that are worth checking out on the list. Um, from from Originally we talked about doing A Field in England, which is definitely one that you should check out. Just it's, it's probably one of the more folk horror-y folk horror movies uh, of later days. Um, but one that I really enjoyed that almost made the list and didn't uh, because the dark song is so strong and I, I wanted that in as the final movie is a UK uh, kind of horror, thriller, occultist movie called The Ghoul uh, which is about a police investigation which runs into kind of occult and black magic uh, symbolism and iconography um, Arrow Video put it out a while ago and I remember it coming out to a bit of fanfare and then no one fucking spoke about it after and I don't know why because I genuinely think it's brilliant. Really, really, really do think it's one of those movies that if you're in the right frame of mind and you're looking for something a little bit different and uh, something that challenges you a little bit, it's, it's one that has a, a lot of things to, to kind of really grasp onto. Now, if memory serves, it's directed by the cinematographer that works with Ben Wheatley. So it has a Wheatley-esque sort of visual style going along with it but the story itself is deeply engaging so yeah there you go there's a list of, of movies that almost made it almost made it onto the show but didn't quite um chronicle's going to return real soon guys um as in like in about four months time we'll be back with a brand new season um, maybe not nine episodes I have a couple ideas of what I want to do with it and it's looking about the six episode mark again but I think it'll be fun to do another addendum at the end of that as well just to cover them because half of the battle of putting these seasons out is streamlining and, and giving you a satisfying list of movies to follow through on like a proper journey through European horror cinema um, as me being your guide and, and kind of giving you this is our this is our theme and here's our journey and look how this theme travels through decade after decade of horror cinema. And there's a ton of movies that almost make it and, and some of them just get cut right at the last minute. You know, in, I've got my notes ready and then, you know, I, I get close and I'm like, actually, I'd much rather do this movie. So hopefully you enjoy this one. Hopefully you go out and check some of these titles. As always, you can jump across on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast and let me know if you've seen any of the movies that I've mentioned uh, also let me know if you are intending on checking them out and let me know if you find any of them uh, if they're up on YouTube or they're out there someone's put a release out that I've not been able to kind of source uh, granted it's been months since I looked for some of these titles uh, let me know as well uh, and that's us done. Thank you once again for supporting Season 3 of Chronicle. I had a ton of fun doing it this year, bringing back the, the series proper. Um, and I look forward to bringing you Season 4 in 2021. 
which leads me to say that I hope you have a fantastic Christmas and New Year when it comes this year has sucked the dick hard I appreciate that I know you guys do as well um, but we're all in it together and I look forward to bringing you more content from Chronicle next year until the next time I speak to you bye everyone Ignition T-10 Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, lift off.